This is a previously recorded episode. This show is broadcasting live from Detroit Sound Studios above Activate Gaming and is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Red Wings trying to get the sweep. Three seconds left into the zone to the top Red Wings on the stand and Welcome to the Detroit Red Wing Alumni Podcast, Episode 11. Eddie is already in rare form. We're glad to be back with you. We took a couple-week hiatus. Um, once again, you can follow us on Twitter, at Red Wing Alumni, and you can follow along on Facebook, at the Detroit Red Wing Alumni. Those of you so inclined can also look for Eddie Mio on Facebook. He's currently accepting new friends. There's a short window of opportunity, and we want you to um, get in there and do it. Um, As I stated, we took a couple-week break. Um, I had the honor and the privilege of working with the fine guys of the Millwrights Local 1102, the Ironworkers Local 25 and the Operating Engineers Local 324. Those guys do a thankless job. They bust their ass. They bust their balls. And I always enjoy my time with them. So on today's show, we're going to have Art Regner joining us in just a bit. I've got Eddie Mio and we're going to have Ken, Kevin Allen calling in right around 420. We're going to discuss some playoff hockey. So, Eddie, uh, who has been on a nice little world tour, you did the alumni, our surprise pop-up game on Sunday for Ford UAW. And I was hot. Oh, you I were. I was hot. <laughs> you were hotter than I think hot I've ever seen Hot for an old it. man, yes. And you know what? And that leads to the question. Next day, I you stopped were in... all three shots. <laughs> How is it? Because you were kind of, you're not out of shape or out of practice, but one of the things <laughs> we're looking at is we had stopped the season in April. And so yes, one of the, yes. you're right back in there. How much prep work did you actually have to do? Uh, we did no prep work, but I demanded three times the pay, okay, <laughs> which is three times zero is nothing. But uh, you know what? The reason we I think George accepted the game, uh, UAW Ford 
I mean, let's face it. We're in Detroit, right? It's Ford. So they asked for a game. It was all for charity with Dave Bergen, uh, Bergen's Charities. Uh, it went great. And you know what? The game was great. We had a good squad there. But you know, as uh, the people listening right now, Jeff Blashell came into the Yeah, uh, coach was the there. Ring. He sure was. The coach was there. We didn't know he was there. And he had uh, his his um, 10-year-old, I think it was, or yeah. uh, his, his, his boy uh, was playing in a tournament. And Dave just happened to call and says, hey, you know what? The alumni guys are upstairs. You want to come for, uh, at that point, was a early dinner, which was great, by the way. Whoever it was. The it catering, was whoever the catering was was great. But anyways, uh, Coach Blashell came up, said hello to all the guys, said hello to the, uh, the, the, the team that we're playing. And you know what? That's awesome. When you get the Red Wing head coach coming up, and these guys didn't expect it. They're, they're, they're thinking they're just playing the alumni. And this guy comes around and just introduces himself to everybody. That's an awesome thing. He may sound like Babcock, but he doesn't act like Babcock. Yeah, and that's know, the one guys. thing I love about Blash. Why, why, well, hold on now. Let's, let's argue this point. <laughs> how do you know how Babs – Babs would have did the same thing. Okay. I'm a I'm I'm a friend Babs of, of was Mike kind of stand. I'm not saying I'm not a uh, yeah. fan. I'm not saying he's a nice guy. He would have came up the same way. I mean, come on. What are you saying? I'm just saying that he is not as open as Coach Blashell is when it comes to dealing with the public. Uh, you know, maybe Art, you you might have something to say that I, I think he handles the public very well. I mean. Uh, maybe the media, not as well, but the public, he's he's pretty he's pretty reachable. Art, what do you say? Well, I think that in the beginning he was. I'll give you my first experience with Mike Babcock as Red Wings coach. I knew that Andreas Lilja was actually acquired from the Nashville Predators because it was like the. Uh, uh, Lockout year, and he was an L.A. King, I believe, and then they traded his rights to Nashville, and Detroit got him. And uh, uh, I said, uh, Andreas Lilja. And uh, Mike Babcock came to, like, Lucky Strike Bowl, where we were doing a benefit for Hurricane Katrina. And he came. You know, and he had not coached a game for the Red Wings. It was just announced. And at that time, my radio partner, Doug Karsh, and I was really entrenched with the Red Wings, traveling with them, you know, part of the radio network, all that stuff. Well, Babs had no idea who I was. You know, he really didn't. And But Doug plays it up like, well, you know, of course, here's one of our the hockey expert and all this kind of stuff. Art, why don't you – and I said, well, uh, you know, Coach Babcock, welcome to Detroit. And he was really nice. And I said, you know, getting Andreas uh, Lilja from Nashville, I think that that's a pretty good – pick up because he's a little bit abrasive. Sometimes he plays with a little bit of an edge. I don't know exactly what I said. And he looks at me, he goes, first of all, we got him from the Kings. And second of all, his name is Anders. Like that. And I knew I was I knew I was right. You know I thought I mean? he was going to make me look like an asshole there for a second. Well, you know, I, but I knew that, you know, I, I knew that I was right. But I wanted a relationship with him, so I didn't correct him. Right. But I knew everything. So Babs is really arrogant. And he's he's his own biggest fan. I can give you another. I was out with some players. Oh, hold on. Remember, I prefaced this with saying media. 
Right, right, right. But this okay, is this I is, this is what I'm going to tell you. Wait, wait, Eddie. Here's this player story. And I might when we were you know doing our show together, I might have even said this on the air. I was out with a couple of players, and one of the players was an original Red Wing, and then came back after many, many years of establishing himself in the league. And so he came, and I was with uh, a player that I'm really close to, and uh, <laughs> and we were having having some libations. And this other player was sitting across from us, and the night before, the Red Wings had played a team. And you know, as you know very well, Eddie, you know, during the pregame skate and stuff and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, players kind of meet at the blue line if they know each other, like stretching, but they're kind of BSing with one another. Right. And this guy asked this player who had played for Babs in Anaheim, he said, uh, so how do you like playing for Babs? And he says, well, it's different. And this player says, is Bab still his own biggest fan? And they said, absolutely. So, I mean, it goes all over. Oh, yeah, we, we, but we know that. I mean, Right, right. But my point being is this, is that I think that where Mike Babcock had a real, not he liked the Detroit media, he said the right things, he had a love affair with the Canadian press. And they had a love affair with him. It's Captain Canada winning sure. gold medals and all that. Oh, yeah. He treated the Canadian press like they were his family. And for people who are there every day covering that team, there is a little bit of, uh, you know, I used to tell him when he would, like, be with all his Canadian guys sucking up to him. I go up to him later and I go, Babs, I go, next time, please, just get a room or go into your office and close the door. (laughs) But, you know, when when we were doing the shows and we went back in the locker room and, you know, when he held, you know, they get on that little... Uh, Six-inch yeah, stage, right, 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 right. 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 with, with <laughs> Red Wings and Meyer in the background, and, and, and or everything yeah. in the background. <laughs> he was okay with the Detroit media. I, to me, see, I like you got to no yeah, problem with. You got to remember, uh, Babs and I go back to the nineties. Okay, when he was coaching Spokane, and I was an agent with IMG, and we had players. Mike Barnett would used to send me. So maybe I, hey, I'm cocky myself. <laughs> What the no. hell? Yeah, but I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> I might be a good cocky, but I'm cocky. Yeah, but I mean, you, you know, you get to a certain point. And at that level. At that level. And oh, I was never cocky at that level because I wasn't good at that level. But as a, as a, uh, as far as personal and, and going out, I'm very comfortable in that field. And you, you've seen us. We, we've worked. I mean, we get, remember the phone calls we used to get. Uh, you know, it, it's guys that know me very well. As far as being cocky, it's a good cocky. As far as Babs being cocky, I think it's a good cocky. It, it's, it's you know, and, you know, we're not trying to take away from what we're trying to talk about as far as the Frazier game um, with Dave Bergen and, and, and Blasher coming up was a great treat. Yes, okay? absolutely. It was a great treat. So, you know what? Yeah. I feel comfortable when Coach Blash is around as opposed to when Babs was around. Because well, everybody I hates you, though. They, they yeah. all hate you. Well, Blash doesn't yet, and so I'm enjoying it. <laughs> I saw the way you sucked up to him so bad. It was unbelievable. We, we No, seriously, we were laughing. Okay, It was me and Grodnick, and I, uh-oh, here comes Numi. Numi's going to grab Blash. No, no, no. He, he'll be I, go, he'll be 15 minutes before Blasher be, is able to go down. For the record, Blasher came to me because he is also involved in one of the things we'll talk about later with the LPGA Meyer Classic Celebrity Pro Am. 
And Coach Blaschel wants to commit to that, and there's just an issue with the scouting because we've got numerous Red Wings that have committed now, you know, and he wants to be involved and he wants to bring Todd Nelson out from Grand Rapids. We'll get into all that. Um, Art, a couple quick questions sure. um, for you. First of all, I want to say that the uh, Tigers have now completed the sweep. They won 6-3 to three against Minnesota. That game just went final. Um, Justin Verlander had a great day, faltered a little bit in the eighth, but they brought in uh, Alex Wilson. Wilson and then K-Rod finished it out. So, you know, for a team that's coming back and everybody expected for Osmus to be gone by the time they threw that first pitch on Monday. That's all you heard. That's what everybody was stirring up. For him to do three days in a row, well, I guess you don't count yesterday because it was Lamont's team to take care right, of. Right, right. He was suspended. So what, what's your thoughts real quick, Art, on what the Tigers are doing? Well, I, I think this. I think that you know at this point you can say teams that are putrid, they beat, and teams that are good, they don't. Uh, and, but they play close games against those teams. I, I guess this is my whole thought. And, and I go back to the Red Wings. You know, when they when Scotty left and they put Dave Lewis in, and then you know they let Louie go, and, and and they brought in Mike Babcock. They had a team that was veteran, championship caliber, and had won championships. And they hired Mike Babcock, who had taken an Anaheim team that had beaten Detroit to you know four straight, and he had experience. He he was a proven coach. To take the Tigers where they were at at that point and hire a guy who has no managerial experience except for Team Israel in the World University Games, I think that that is the mistake that happened. It's nothing against Brad Osmus, and I was willing to give him a year. And, Eddie, I think we we had talked about this. I was really curious to see how he would progress from year one to year two, that you know he sits back and says, you know, boy, that was a mistake. I got to go with my gut and all that kind of stuff. And he really didn't get any better as a manager. You know, he didn't make any improvements on himself. And some of his calls and questionable, you know, you should learn from your mistakes. And he just doesn't seem to learn from his mistakes. And I don't know if he's lost the room or not, but I do know that when you walk in with no managerial experience into a clubhouse that has guys who've won batting titles, guys, you know, a couple of World Series who played for championships and all that, if you can't really prove yourself, and I'm not so sure Osmus has. I, I think they play hard for him, but I'm not sure how much confidence they have in him. And it's the respect factor, okay? I think when watching him the other day with the jacket and all that, it takes you back from the old right. Billy Martin, remember? Right. So I, it, it's almost as if he has to do something to show his players, hey, I'm behind you right. I care all the way. Right. I care. I'm going to do the Billy Martin, except it's, instead of putting the dirt on there, it's the jack, which I thought was pretty good. Well, yeah. Now, I didn't see Hold the on. play, whether he was right or not, but the fact that he did it sticking up. He was you know protecting his player. Yeah, absolutely. I got I to do this. But I, I do agree with Hart. We're going to take a quick break. When we come <laughs> I mean, back, the, the uh, we're going to start the hockey talk. We're going to have Kevin Allen on the line with us. And then after that, I want to continue this discussion regarding the Tigers. For years, you've been hearing me talk about the benefits of laser therapy at Pain-Free Life Centers of Michigan. But don't take my word for it. I brought a guest in to talk to you today, former Detroit Tiger pitcher Dave Rosma. So, Dave, talk about your experience at Pain-Free Life Centers. 
Everybody knew my karate kick from 35 years ago. I've had a lot of knee pains. I came to you. Jeff, after a few treatments, made it feel better and stronger. And then I come back for another therapy. Dave, how long did it take for you to notice a difference in your pain level? The first day. The comfort level, the warmness, flexibility in my knee. It it gives you a positive attitude. Um, Emotionally, I felt better because I'm a golfer. I like to work out. It let me do these things. And the most important thing, I felt less pain. So, Dave, what would you tell the listeners to do to try to avoid the drugs, the injections, and the surgeries? If you're suffering from pain, try pain-free life centers because it helped me. Call 248-879-1100 or visit painfreelifecenters.com. I'm Thad out with Zot M59 Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. During our spring clearance event, you'll find the best deals in the D. Jeff, we know that, but we only have 30 seconds to tell the people. No worries. We made it easy by listing every vehicle in our massive inventory with the very best price we can offer on dealsinthed.com. Like leases starting at $129 per month or new Jeeps starting at $17.9. Dad, we need to hurry. Our 30 seconds is almost up. But dealsinthed.com is on 24-7, 365. Get there. This is a previously recorded episode. And we're back. I've just had to separate Eddie Mio and Art Regner. And on the line right now, we have our 2013 Lester Patrick Trophy Award winner. He covers hockey for USA Today. He is an accomplished author, and he's actually one of Darren McCarty's favorite people in the entire world. I want to welcome Kevin Allen to the show. Kevin, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm in lovely Tampa where it's warm and, uh, you know, we got a big hockey game tonight. All songs good. Who's Tampa Bay playing tonight, anyways? <laughs> <laughs> the Penguins of Pittsburgh. That team captained by Detroit's favorite person, Sidney Crosby. <laughs> Kevin, uh, I, he's I, your favorite, isn't he? <laughs> but Kevin, you've had, well, you know, in all honesty, Kevin, you've had a, a long relationship with Sidney Crosby, haven't you? Well, for, well, for sure, yeah. And I, you know, I love telling the story that uh, I actually went to get my uh, uh, phone fixed. I was having problems, and it was in the Michigan area. And I went to my local store, and uh, the guy asked me what I did. I explained everything. He was so excited about it. He goes, "He goes, boy," he says, "You must really dislike Sidney Crosby, you know, being a hockey writer." So no, actually, I find him quite entertaining. He's, uh, I've known him since he was 16. The whole tenor of the conversation changed. He suddenly was not as helpful as he was after he found out that I actually know and like Sidney Crosby. Uh, this has been an interesting series. I know that you know from our conversations in the past, uh, you were impressed. You're not surprised that the, uh, that the Penguins are in the uh, Eastern Conference Final. Uh, and I guess, really, if you look at it, I don't think anybody should be too surprised that Tampa, the Tampa Bay Lightning are also in the Eastern Conference Final. It kind of played out the way maybe uh, a lot of people thought uh, before the playoffs began. Well, I would agree with that. I mean, uh, you know, the way the system works now, Washington and Pittsburgh, you know, the top two teams had to meet prior to the Conference Final. You know, they were really the, the, the two teams in the Conference. But, you know, to me, having watched the both of those teams down the stretch, um, you know, it wasn't the, just that the Penguins were a hot team. Like, I thought they had really become um, the better team in the Eastern Conference. Like, uh, it, you know, it's their depth and it's their speed. Like, Jim Rutherford uh, really did an excellent job of maneuvering to make this team more playoff ready. He brought up a lot of younger players, Brian Russ, um, Cherry, uh, and then he made the acquisition from Trevor Daly. What a story that is. Like, he can't even make the lineup in Chicago. You know, they just had no use for him, and now he's vital. And I mean, 
just crucial to the Penguins' offensive uh, attack. And then adding Kyle Hagelin, you know, one of the fastest players in the league. Uh, and it's really sort of changed the dynamic. So, you know, the Penguins uh, are uh, a team that I thought was was going to win it all. And I thought uh, they would come out of their division. And the Lightning, just as you mentioned, I mean, it's not unexpected if you look at the uh, Atlantic division, and certainly Detroit fans know that very well. You know, they, they they were just in the Stanley Cup final less than a year ago. And, you know, the team is essentially the same. Now they've got Strawman back. They don't have Stamkos back yet, but, you know, that's probably coming at some point if we can read the tea leaves. And Ben Bishop, uh, even though they lost him uh, to what looked like a significant injury, and now there's an expectation he'll be back in this series. But, you know, in his uh, absence, Andre Vasilevsky has just played outstanding, you know, stopping 71 of 75 shots. So, you know, to me, this is going to be a great series. It's tied 1-1. You know, it probably could go either way. I think the Penguins are the better team, but who knows? You know, we all know how the playoffs go. Hey, Kevin, uh, when you touched on Jimmy Rutherford, uh, obviously he's a Michigan favorite here in Detroit. There's no doubt about it. But do you think this is his coming out for Pittsburgh? I mean, last year he took a lot of a lot of heat, and now, as you said, bringing up the young guys, does this vindicate Jimmy Rutherford from leaving Carolina? Yeah, you know, for sure. I mean, I, you know, I certainly don't feel that way, but I know exactly what you're saying. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, because things didn't go, uh, you know, in Pittsburgh, it's sort of like, you know, Canada South. Like, the expectations are high. You know, they expect their team to be in contention. I mean, folks in Detroit know what that's all about. And, you know, and, and it didn't happen. But, you know, this season, just as you said, with all the maneuvering he did, and I, I think what, you know, really makes it uh, the fans happy is that you, you can identify uh, clearly, just as I, uh, I listed before, all the moves that he's made to make this team better. Like, he's always been among the best horse traders in the league. Like, that's yeah. sort of a dying heart. It, uh, heart. It's, it's difficult to make trades because of the salary cap. But somehow... Tim Rutherford always finds a way to get it done. And yeah. He's been very aggressive in the trade market. And, you know, I, I think that's the, really the only reason why this team is uh, where it is now. I mean, the, the, the core players uh, were strong, but they didn't have enough depth and they didn't have enough speed and Rutherford changed all that. And I think the fans here are pretty happy. Like, uh, even though Rutherford is at retirement age, I don't see him stepping down oh, uh, no. anytime in the future. <laughs> Not at all. Hey, no. Kevin, uh, I, I, I know we, we, we want to jump around. We want to get to the wings, obviously, but we have to talk about the Western Conference final. I, I, I would imagine what's interesting about this final is, is you have two teams that have, historic, have historically been pretty good, but kind of like the Washington Capitals have always come up short during the playoffs, yet St. Louis and San Jose, one of them is going to be actually be playing for the Stanley Cup. So it's a real interesting storyline because if you're, I guess, an old-time guy, maybe you're rooting for the St. Louis Blues. But then again, if you know Pete DeBoer, like like I think Eddie and I do, and Joe, and Joe Thornton, Joe Eddie Thornton loves, you know, it, yeah. it, it's an intriguing storyline in the Western Conference as well. Well, absolutely. And one of them is going to escape, uh, uh, you know, all the misery of, of not being able to get to the final. Uh, and, you know, obviously the Sharks have never won a Stanley Cup. The Blues haven't won. They did get to the final under the great Scotty Bowman, you know, in the late 1960s after, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the first big expansion. But, you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, there's a lot of poor playoff history. And I, I think for the Sharks, the, the way I sort of view it is, is that, you know, they, 
they escaped the spotlight. Basically, we'd given up on the Sharks. Like, that group, we had just sort of written off. It looks like they weren't going to make it. And all of a sudden, you know, they changed and put Joel Pavelski in it. And then, you know, it was less uh, Thornton's team and more Pavelski's team. And that's, to me, that's not an indictment on Thornton because I'm a big Thornton guy. But I, I, I just think that, you know, the, the change and getting out of the spotlight really helped them. When we weren't looking uh, for this team to do much, suddenly they rose up. And Doug Wilson made some pretty significant offseason moves. He added goalie Martin Jones, which really changed. And, and Eddie knows this, knows this better than than most is, you know, if you really want to change the look of a team, you change the goal better. And that's what uh, uh, Doug Wilson did. He brought Jones in, and then he added Joel Ward, gave the, the team a little more scoring depth and a little more grit and a little more fire. Uh, and then the other uh, acquisition I think that really helped was bringing in Paul Martin, who's sort of a poor man's Ryan Suter, a guy that is pretty good at everything. Um and, you know, really helps the transition game. He helps defensively. Um, you know, he, he has a lot of smarts to him the way he plays the game. And when you add all that up, they're just a better team in terms of the readiness for the playoffs. And then, you know, the Blues, uh, uh, a team that, uh, you know, Revenue fans know from being rivals with them for so many years, uh, uh, you know, they're a hard team to play against. And they're playoff ready as well. And, you know, they missed the, or get knocked out the first round in each of the last three seasons. And now, you know, they've risen up now. And, you know, on the strength of uh, uh, David Backus. And uh, what's interesting, of course, about Backus is, you know, a great captain, very physical player. And, you know, if he were a baseball player, we'd call him a five-tool player because he's big, he's strong, he's physical, and he can put points on the board. Well, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent this summer. So there'll be a lot of teams interested in maybe even the Detroit Red Wings. But uh, this is another great series. And uh, as I mentioned before, one of these teams is suddenly going to be a team that we're saying, okay, they're going to reach the Stanley Cup final, finally. finally. <laughs> hey, uh, Kevin, you're right. Uh, finding that right goaltender is perfect because Edmonton got rid of me, New York got rid of me, <laughs> Detroit got rid of me, and they all won Stanley Cups after they got rid of me. But my question to you, Kevin, and, and you know my history with Joe Thornton, represented him since 14 years old, and when I went to work for Phoenix – I had to let him go. The one question, and I keep texting him, I says, you got to go, Joe. you got to go for one reason. If he wins the Stanley Cup, and I know you're, you're, you're involved in the Hall of Fame vote, he, he gets into the Hall of Fame when he retires. If he doesn't win the Stanley Cup, what do you think? Oh, he's in. I, I, he's I, still I in? There's okay. a question. He's in. He's he is uh, among the best passers in NHL history, in my opinion. And, you know, his numbers are too good. Like They are good. You know, yeah. he, he's never been um, cast in the right way. Like, you know, he, all those years there was a failure in San Jose. Like, what people say is, okay, Joe Thornton didn't have numbers, so the Sharks didn't win. I always said the Sharks didn't win, so Joe Thornton didn't have good numbers. And by that, I mean, he still was part of the solution. He was never the problem. And um, if you look at his numbers, like with rare exceptions, like the Taves and the Canes of the world, most of the top stars in this league, their regular season numbers are higher than their postseason numbers or scoring rate. And it's because it's just tougher to score goals in the postseason. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a more intense uh, a battle. And I, I never saw him just is the problem. They just didn't have the right mix there. Uh, you know, they didn't have enough depth. You know, their goaltending wasn't right some years. Uh, they had 
uh, bad matchups. And, you know, in addition to being very, uh, uh, being a skilled team and a team that's hard to play against, you have to have some luck to win the cup. You really do. It's, oh, yeah. it's just part of the process. And I, I just didn't think the Sharks had it. But I, I think Joel Thornton, even this year, uh, I had him even on my selfie trophy ballot because, you know, I thought it was the first season where everybody started to notice that, hey, he's a pretty good defensive player as well. <laughs> and a lot of the coaches around the league uh, had noted yeah. that as well. You know, usually my ballot is a reflection of, you know, interviewing a lot of coaches and general managers and stuff about it. And, you know, everybody thought he had had a, uh, you know, just an excellent season. And, you know, to be fourth in the scoring, uh, and again, to have the level of consistency. So I, I think this could be, uh, you know, Joe Thornton's year, the way they're playing. Uh, I think it's a bit of a toss up, but, you know, the Sharks can easily win that series. Kevin, based on everything, we're going to move to the wings here very quickly, but I, I, I am under the assumption, and I know we've talked about it, but this is more for our audience, I guess, is that you look at Pittsburgh's going to win this Stanley Cup, right? Well, I, I do. I, th- I think they will. And I just think they're the, the strongest, uh, deepest team that's left. Well, that that about says it all. Let, let's talk about the Red Wings. They, they you know, making some changes wow. uh, in the coaching staff. Some because Granado left for Wisconsin. Uh, longtime goaltending coach Jim Bedard, after 15 seasons, was let go. Uh, are you surprised what's happening? Because it truly does seem, if you didn't think beforehand, uh, you have to think it now that that the Red Wings certainly are a team that's going through uh, a major transition. Uh, on you know off the ice for sure, maybe perhaps even on the ice. Well, I, I think there are going to be significant changes. I mean, I this is a period of self-examination for the Red Wings franchise, and you know it's not easy to shake up a franchise as it used to be because you know of the salary cap, uh, because of uh, uh, you know contact, contract commitments that they have, so. Uh, and the availability of players. And, you know, when we introduced the salary cap over a decade ago, you know, I have uh, I remember distinctly uh, uh, general managers talking about, well, you know, you'll make some hard decisions on players. There'll be a big pool every summer, and then you'll dive into that pool and bring up some new players, and you'll be able to shake up your roster. Well, it hasn't happened like that. Everybody has kept all their their stars and signed them up to long-term contracts, and then the pool is very small every summer. So it's difficult. Plus, because you've signed all those stars, you don't have a lot of money to spend. So it's and anybody that thinks the revenue are suddenly going to find a top pairing defenseman and two scores and you know some toughness and change uh, seven or eight guys on the roster, that's not going to happen. But I do think they are going to get tougher this summer. I think they'll poke their nose at the you know in the David Back of sweepstakes or the Troy Brower sweepstakes, even the Milan Lucic. Uh, I think all those are. are our calls the Red Wings were making, you know, will they be able to recruit those guys? Who knows? But I, I think they're committed to getting bigger and stronger this summer. Uh, and I think they're committed to trying to change their defense. I, I don't know where they're going to find the top pairing. Defenseman. I, you know, people say, well, they can trade for one, but you know, there's nothing, there's nothing available in the free agent marketplace. And I don't know any team that's willing to part with a, a top pairing defenseman. So I think the defense will be different. But I don't think it's going to be dramatically different. And by that, I mean, I don't know that you're going to find an impact player. If you want to add a guy from free agency, I mean, you're talking about someone like an, an Alex Goligosk or something of that nature. I, I think they'll take a look at some of the young guys. I think Marchenko's penciled in for next year. I think they've lost Quincy. I think he'll move on. Um, 
but I do think they can. Uh, they might be able to land a score and some more physical players. Well, certainly, Kevin, the name, and we've discussed this before, uh, that no one's exactly sure what his future holds, whether he's still going to be uh, captain of the Tampa Bay Lightning or he's going to move on. If Stamkos becomes available on July 1st, realistically, what kind of chance do you think that the Detroit Red Wings could end up with him? Well, to me, it all depends on what his, uh, his dollar requirements are. Um, you know, I think the Red Wings would be interested. I mean, if you'd envision a, a top two center combination of Stamkos and Larkin, like, let's not forget that Stamkos is still on the 26 years old. Like, this is not an aging player. Right. This is a player in his prime. And the blood clot issue that he has is not like the blood clot issue that, uh, you know, the other players have had, which is a continuing thing. This is a kind of a one-off, as it's explained to me, like, you know, a one-time happening and he's not predisposed to having blood clots. So that's not an issue. So if he wants $11 million, I don't think the Rellings are going to be in that ballpark. But if he was willing to take less to wear that jersey, I think they would be interested. And why, why wouldn't they be? Um, because, you know, you've got to, you would have done a really great one-two center combination. Um, you know, there's some guys on this team that are still pretty attractive players, pretty desirable. Uh, and if you can add a few more pieces uh, and with some of the younger players they feel like that are coming, you know, I think to be be pretty pleased with that. So I, I think they'll uh, make that phone call on July 1st when he's available and say, you know, are you dead set on you know, 10 and a half or $11 million, or would you consider less to play with us? Um, and, you know, part of it I think is going to be not so different than a college recruiting situation where you're going to have to sell Steven Stamkos. Like, he's looking for a good situation. So the question is, is can the, can the Holland present the Red Wings as a desirable place? I well, mean, by that is, is well, Stamkos look and say, hey, you know, I like this group of guys. I think Dylan Larson's got a lot of potential. Um, do I want to be part of that? And I think that'll be a big part of it. Well, I think then, you know, if, if recruiting is part of it, then, you know, somehow the Red Wings are going to have to incorporate Jim Harbaugh into this. <laughs> but kevin as you mentioned it i mean i i i don't think kevin is i mean i don't think stamkos is a fit here he's never going to be able to come here for the one reason is when we attracted those great free agents there was always a nucleus and the guys that come here unrestricted free agents want to win a stanley cup we're far from it and that's just my opinion. If he if if he was going to go for the money, he'll go to Toronto. Toronto is going to give him everything, and they're far from winning the Stanley Cup. Where he should go is Stevie's going to, I think, going to keep him there, and that's the team that has the potential to keep winning for the next five years. At least, you know, at, at least be in the running. Uh, to me, Stamkos is not going to Here's My point was, and I wanted to ask you the question, don't you think it's about time stop making the playoffs and let's go to the second and third round? That means let's play the guys that you drafted that are in Grand Rapids and let's take a hit, but let's go and build your own team. You, well, that's I, interesting. I, I, I would say that I agree with you a little bit about the importance of being able to prove you're a champion, uh, a potential to be a champion in the Stamkos case. Um, because the problem is, is that all the teams that are out there, 
who have the cap space or have the ability. Um, you know, it's not the teams that, you know, like the Chicago Blackhawks, you know, can't add uh, Steven Stamkos and some of the other teams. You know, the L.A. Kings cannot add Steven exactly. Stamkos. So it's going to be a collection of teams that are all flawed. Now, what you're saying is that leads us right back to Tampa Bay because, you know, he's the face of that team. There's Steve Eisenman there. There's a lot of talented players. There's enough talented wingers to support two uh, quality centers and Johnson and Stamkos. I agree with all that, everything you're saying. And I, In September, when I talked to Steven Stamkos, uh, he gave no impression that he had any desire but to stay in Tampa where, you know, he has, you know, the stardom and the anonymity at the same time, which is hard to do. But he had that there. The only issue is, and as an agent, I know you understand this, historically, historically when players get this close to free agency and they've had time to think of it, they say, I might as well explore it and see where it's at. And I think that's where Stamkos is. I, I think the, the Lightning would like to have him back. They'd like to have him back at his price. I thought, or at their price, and I thought before that price was somewhere around nine million dollars, like maybe nine point one, like it, you know. So we have his jersey number, like uh, Crosby had eight point seven million. <laughs> um, and I, I, I kind of thought it would be around there. You know, is it possible he'd still come back there? Yeah, I think it is. But when you get this close, usually you tend to want to see what's out there. You're good. And and with that, Kevin, we want to thank you for calling in. You know, uh, most of us um, that are not in the media really enjoy your work. Um, I enjoy your analysis, and it's nice to have um, somebody on the line that can have an intelligent discussion because I'm stuck in this room with both Eddie and Art. Hey, and hey. <laughs> really appreciate it. Enjoy your time there in Tampa. We're going to say go Lightnings. Um, I didn't hear what you said earlier, so, you know, it's just my own personal opinion. You know, there we go. I'd love to see a Lightning Blues series, and I wouldn't be hurt to see the uh, Blues win at all. But thanks once again for calling in. Always a pleasure. Guys, Kevin, you're the bomb, Take care, baby. Kevin. You're the you're best. You're the bomb. All right, we're going to take a quick sh- Break, we'll be back in two shakes of a lamb's tail. I'm Jeff Morton from Pain-Free Life Centers. I'm here with former Detroit Tiger pitcher Dave Rosemont. Dave, how long did it take before you noticed any benefits from laser therapy? The first day. That's awesome. And how, how did you feel? It, it gives you a positive attitude. Um, emotionally, I felt better. Flexibility in my knee, and the most important thing, I felt less pain. And as an athlete, you'd be an authority on pain. I use my body a lot. I do a lot of batting practice at Comerica, and it made my knee flexible, felt stronger. It feels good to me, and the pain was gone. So now you've heard from an authority on pain. So what's your excuse? I challenge you to pick up the phone and start living a better quality of life pain-free. Call 248-879-1100 or go to painfreelifecenters.com. We're so confident in what we do, we're going to give you a free consultation and a free treatment. So, Dave, what would you say to somebody suffering from pain? Try it for yourself because it helped me, and I'm sure it's going to help you. PainFreeLifeCenters.com. Do it today. I'm Thad Zott with Zot M59 Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. During our spring clearance event, you'll find the best deals in the D. Jeff, we know that, but we only have 30 seconds to tell the people. No worries. We made it easy by listing every vehicle in our massive inventory with the very best price we can offer on dealsinthed.com. Like leases starting at $129 per month or new Jeeps starting at $17.9. Thad, we need to hurry. Our 30 seconds is almost up. But dealsinthed.com is on 24 7 3 65. Get there. This is a previously recorded episode. 
And we're coming back now. We're going to do our last 15 minutes. I want to um, touch base on a few things. Before I do that, I want to send a special thank you to Monica McAllister, um, who has been instrumental with us on the Red Wing alumni side this season, as well as her work with the Flint Generals. I know she takes the time to work most of our social media, and she's been invaluable to me, so I want to say thank you on that. And with that, I want to change the conversation a little bit. I want to go back to what we were talking about with the Grand Rapids Griffins, the Red Wings, the goalie coach, everything else. I know, Eddie, you had some thoughts on that of where they were going. I know Jim Bernard, personally. He played, uh, I think, as my later years. He he started up. Um. The, what I'm a little upset about here is is that you're hiring a Grand Rapids coach, okay? He's got no experience in the NHL, okay? None. None, all right? Many people might say, well, what's that matter if, if you're a good coach? What experience does that guy have to go in when that kid that's in an NHL game – and he's never experienced it. Okay, not sticking up for Jim Bedard, but I think this is a Jerome, uh, uh, a Mrazic deal, and maybe a Jeff Blashell. So I might have my first argument against Blasher with this deal. You got Manny Legacy and Chris Osgood sitting in Detroit. Okay, who well, I know Manny put in his uh, resume put in his resume to Kenny Holland, and they didn't give him a callback. Okay? Now, what is going on with that? I know the new coach wants to bring him, but goaltenders are different. Okay? I have heard Mrazek is a bit of a prima donna. Okay? I'm just telling you what I've been hearing. I hear he's very it, confident. Okay. He's like, he has exactly. a lot of bab cock Thank in you, him. Art. Thank you. He's got a lot of cock in him. And my point, is, my point is, when you think you're the best and you haven't proven damn crap, okay, be humble. So for him, I, you know, I, I guess we got to get into why the signing of a Grand Rapids because goalie coach that never played in the NHL. Right, Eddie, I understand that, but I think here's what they're thinking, and I don't know, but everybody's talked about all the young talent down in Grand Rapids, and we need Blashill up here, and let's bring all these people up. And then Mrazek came up from Grand Rapids. So now you're taking these coaches. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. Todd Nelson's down there now, but I know Blash and Knubel are still down there working with these guys. It's almost like the existing team now is an extension of the Grand Rapids Griffins as opposed to the Grand Rapids Griffins being an extension of the Detroit Red Wings. But that's fine, Numi. That's fine. Mike Bla- uh, Mike uh, Knubel played in the NHL. Right. Okay? He's well, got experience. I don't know about Todd Nelson, but I think he played. Okay. And, well, and he actually did a good job with yeah. the Oilers. People were surprised exactly. when he was fired. Uh, let me, but this goaltending gold coach, and I'm, I'm sorry, but no, that's goaltending right. coach hasn't played in NHL. Well, Eddie, did Jim, Bedard, Eddie, let me did ask Jim you. Bedard play in the NHL? Washington yeah, with the Capitals. Washington Capitals. Yeah. Pat Peak played for the Washington Capitals. I'm asking if he had like did an Did he Eddie play Neal for a real player. team? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you're good. You're good. I mean, how long was he in the NHL? 
It doesn't matter. He was there. He's he made, got the, show. Yeah, he I mean, made Ken, the show. Yeah, he was in the big. He, uh, but, he, he played at least a year and a half. Let but me ask Art, This is point. the way I look at it, and I'm going to piggyback on what Newman just said because I think, if anything, and it doesn't take a genius to figure this out, and it's, it's, it's pretty apparent, but uh, the thing is that uh, this is Peter Mrazak's team. I think we know that. They're either going to try to move Jimmy or he'll be the backup or something. And I think Jimmy on exit day uh, when they clean out their lockers, uh, Jimmy pretty much didn't come right out and ask for a trade. He wouldn't do that. But he realizes that it might be time to move on. It's time for a change of scenery. So if you look at it, I, I think that this Grand Rapids, and I wish I, his name escapes me now, but he was Mrazak's goalie coach in Grand Rapids. They won, not that it's... Not the Stanley Cup, but they won a Calder Cup. He's comfortable with him. They relate well to one another. And I think perhaps because Jim Bedard was here and was was very tight and very close. And look, Jim Bedard, and you know this, he's a really good friend of mine too. I love Jim Bedard. I mean, truly, he is a... He is a great guy and a, a good, you know, he's just a good person. Let's just put it that way. So with all that said, I just think that the Red Wings have made a commitment to Mrazak. And I think because of what this goaltending coach was able to do with him at a professional level, granted not NHL level, but it's someone he can relate to, someone he's comfortable with, and they've given the team over to Mrazak. Well, if you're going to live and die by Mrazak, we're never going to be a championship team. Okay, I'm just going to tell you that right now. I would not disagree with anything you you said about goaltending at all. I wouldn't, Eddie. You know, my point is you've got Manny and Chris. Now, I know Chris is more into the Fox. I don't think Ozzy has any aspirations to be Maybe he doesn't, but Manny does. He's working for Columbus. He's working for Columbus. And guess who's playing against Grand Rapids right now? Cleveland. Right, which but but which that's, is Columbus's farm team. Oh, is it the monsters? Because I yes. thought it was Colorado's for a long no, time. No, they're in San Antonio now. Oh, well, I'll okay. tell you this: our they were when they, they switched, were when they switched the AHL yeah, around. They, they, they were Western, okay. But so Manny couldn't play in the golf tournament in, on Monday that we played with in Grand Rapids because they were coming in. And by the way, six. It, yeah, and they're up, right? Cleveland. Cleveland's they won. Up. The Lake Erie no, Monsters okay, beat, them, so, beat yeah. them Monday in so, overtime, so four my, games to two. My point is, again, I don't know this kid from Grand Rapids, whether he's from Grand Rapids or not. I don't want to degrade him. But you know what? You didn't play the friggin' show, okay? It's not about these drills. You know what? I can read books to do these drills for goaltending. That's not what it's about. It's getting into the guy's head when things are getting tough. And, excuse me, Mrazik's head was not in it right near the end, okay? My point is, you don't hire a guy that's got no NHL experience, and there's nowhere, anywhere in the NHL that doesn't have a goalie consultant that has played in the NHL. But do you think, and again... And I blame Jeff Blashell for that. All right, but I'm, again, asking, do you agree that maybe their premise or their line of thinking is... I don't care. This is a guy that I understand Mraz- what you're saying. is comfortable with and has coached him. I don't care. And you know what? But I grow think that's up. Why they did it? Mrazek, grow up. So what do you think, Newman? Well, you know, I'll tell you this, Art. That's if there's my point. any reason, Mrazek, grow up. You know, 
Any reason that you needed Art to dislike Saleko, Jeff Saleko. Okay, there it is. Coach. Oh, is that the guy's name? That's the guy's okay. name. Is that he did spend, before he came to the Griffins, he spent two years as the assistant coach at The Ohio State University. Oh, oh big time. Oh, yeah. Oh, a perfect. Guy. I think I might He's know him, guy. actually. You know, he's by, just by he's worked along Blashill for the past two seasons. I don't care. No, 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 and I understand I don't that. Care. He he Jeff had a, is wrong in this if if it was his hire, Jeff is wrong. He's going with his heart cuz Jeff's a good guy. He must be going with his heart and saying, "Hey, Mrazic's our key." Mrazic is that's not exactly, the key. That's the exactly Red what they're doing. Eddie, I'm going to tell exactly you Mrazic right. is not the key. Yeah. We need more North Americans. On this friggin' team. Okay, great. Okay, okay Don Cherry. We no, need to trust look, me. Uh, look, uh, you know, I'm just saying that. And I understand that. And goalie is when a When you tough got position. Manny Legacy living in this city and he's already had experience with Columbus and never mind experience, he's played here. He's played at the. He's played at right. that level. Absolutely. And this guy is Ohio State goalie coach? Well, uh, you know, he had an extensive career starting in 91 okay. uh, where he played the ECHL, the AHL, the OHL. Oh, you know, anytime he, somebody awesome. plays for the uh, He's awesome. Guess what? Hey, I'd be a better goalie coach than him. And I was only an average goalie. Okay, average. But I worked my ass off and I know the experience. I know what's in your head. This guy doesn't know what's in that head. Look. And if he thinks... Mrazic, if he got his start here for Mrazic, we are hurting. Jeff and, and Jeff I played well I together. I hope you're listening. We are hurting. If you're going to make a goalie coach over Manny Legacy to the fact of because he gets along with Mrazic, then you're playing into that. You're playing into these young guys. They're running the team. Thank you. Well, That's that was it. the I'm rumor up. out I'm there. Uh, That's it on that. Well, if if Marazic can pick his goalie Just coach. Just drop the mic. Eddie's yeah. done with this topic. I'll tell you. If Marazic <laughs> can pick the goalie coach, then we're done. Seriously. Well, you know, there was talk that, you know what, I don't even want right. to. Right. There's been speculation no, no, it's that, co- that, it's, that. It's good talk. Art, there, you there's know speculation that. that the room. Uh, you know, that Blash might have been circumvented a few times or undermined by some of the players. But, you know, I, I have a tough time believing that because, not in the go full circle our conversation, just how badly they uh, really wanted Babs gone <laughs> towards the end. Correct. That when you get a new coach in here, do you co- completely turn on him right away? I, I, then, then you're like the Detroit Pistons. You're just uh, uh, uncoachable. So here's what we've got. Um, I'm going to. That is perfect. You know what? Eddie dropped the mic. I'm going to add a few things to that. Um, I want to talk about some of the things that are coming up, both with the uh, Red Wing alumni and the alumni podcast. Um, They asked me to mention Second Story on Thursday night at 7 p.m. They've got a personal hat launch with Miguel Cabrera. Uh, I know that tickets are limited. They're $200 a piece, and that will give you one of of Miggy's new hats and – at first, the great story on that is he said he was only going to sign his hat. And they said if it's a hat launch, if you sign that hat, people are going to put it on their you know, pedestal and they're never going to wear it out. So why don't you tell them you'll sign something else? So I know they'll do flats. 30 by, 20 by 30 is the absolute. <clears throat> so check with Second Story. Take two authentics if you're interested in that on Thursday. Um, In June 13th and 14th, I get to spend more time with Eddie. We've got the LPGA Meyer Celebrity Pro-Am, and that's going to be out in Grand Rapids. 
uh, Meyer Pepsi have put on a great show with that. Um, we've got some really nice celebrities coming in. In addition to Eddie, who's the um, the name, the premier name, uh, Helio Castroneves, Coser, Dan Pohl from the PGA, Darren McCarty. Who are those guys? The, yeah. Yeah. Guy, uh, right. Yeah. Exactly. I, I'm the key. When you say Eddie Mio, that's yeah. all you need yeah. to say. That's Newman. all you need to say. You know, on the current wings, we've He's got. He's a legend in his own mind. Coach Blash, yes, as we is. alluded to earlier, is going to play. Glenn Denning, Larkin is going to come out. Um, Ab Locator, DeKaiser, and then former Lou Whitaker, you know, Eddie's buddy, Lou Whitaker. I love Sweet I do love Sweet Lou. And yeah. Sweet Lou, uh, go ahead, yeah. because we got to tell a story about Sweet Lou when you brought him in the alumni room. You know what? We'll tell that in just a second. I just want to finish. I know, July I 18th finish. is the Detroit Red Wing golf outing. We'll have more information. Detroit Red Wing alumni golf outing. That's going to be out at Oakhurst. We'll have information coming up on that. That's always a good time. And save the date. August 27th of this year, we're going to have the Joe Koser Celebrity Softball Classic. The roster is pretty much already filled on that. We always have about 4,000 people out for that. Last year, we raised right around 147000 for children's charities. The money stays local. With that, what we're going to do over the next few weeks is we're not going to do a weekly show. We're going to go every other week. We're going to have a time change. We're working with Podcast Detroit. This is absolutely our last show in this studio with Jessica. Jessica's oh. going to follow us to oh, good. the new studio. Yeah, I'm not leaving you. So follow <laughs> us, like I have said, on Twitter, at Red Wing Alumni. You're going to have all the latest informa- information on that before I go to that. Eddie, you got to tell your Lou Whitaker and the uh, alumni room story. Sweet Lou. I'll tell you what. You want to talk about a classy guy. And uh, when you brought him into the alumni room, he was just down to earth. You know, when we're talking he's about spacey. Down he's to a earth, great guy. He's a he great should be guy. in the Hall of Fame. And he Absolutely. should be. We over all about, the 84 yeah. Tigers, and he's you know the what? one that Not should over be Morris. There. And I got Well, Morris and him. But I'm going to tell you he a little has, story. His numbers are better than Joe Morgan's. Yeah. On the way up to Grand Rapids, I'm sitting with Lem Barney and, and Eddie Murray, and I'm going to tell you that little story. But Lou, I said, Lou, I need an autograph. He goes, eh, better than that. I got a picture. Okay, and that's going to go up into the Meal Hall of Shame because all my grats, Art Regner, knew me, you're not in there yet. Jessica, <laughs> you'll be in there. Okay, but the guy was the greatest guy, and he thought being in the alumni room was the greatest thing. Okay, he was down to earth. So let's get real quick, and I know I got Newman going like this. Right. Usually it's the Sign other the rap, Eddie. Yeah. So we're talking about the Hall of Fame, right? Why is Eddie Murray not in the Hall of Fame? The kicker or the first baseman for the Baltimore Orioles? Oh, the kicker? kicker? Detroit Lions. Six six all-time, one Super Bowl, Stanley Cup. I mean, Stanley Cup. One Super Bowl. Why is he not? He is Canadian, maybe, you know. Eddie no, Murray. it's not that. How many Morton kickers Anderson's are in the Hall of Fame? Not in the Hall of Fame. Maybe kickers just not. Is it, who is Lou so, Groza? Jan Stenerud? Is that Jan Stenerud's it? the only guy in there. Really? I have no. Lou Groza is not in the, the uh, NFL Hall of Fame? I'm not sure, but think about it. You know what? You know the it's toe, you right? sports writers. You shouldn't be picking. You shouldn't be picking the Hall of Fame. You have no argument with me on that. Lem Barney and I agreed with it, and Eddie. I mean, Eddie Eddie Murray is six all-time until uh, the last guy here. You think Jason Hansen will get in? If Eddie Murray can get in, well, he won't get in. But Eddie Murray's got a Super Bowl behind him. 
Jason Hansen doesn't. Yeah, because he played for the Lions. <laughs> with that guy. Eddie Murray was 19 seasons here. We're going to leave that there. We're going to continue it next Think time. Think about it. Our thanks show. again for uh, well, my, sitting in. My Always pleasure. Anytime. Anytime. Jessica, thank you very much. Thank we'll you see guys. you in a couple weeks. This is a previously recorded episode.